So I want you guys to turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses, I'm going to read, I'm going to start at verse 10. And so it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong, not in your own strength, but be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So I want to open up and I want to share this, these couple thoughts with you guys before I share anything else, is you have been invited to be in Christ. That everyone in this room, whether you have said yes to Jesus or whether you haven't, the invitation has been extended by the death and resurrection of Jesus saying, listen, you are welcome into my family. You are welcomed into Christ. So here's the deal. We've been invited to live in Christ. But Satan's ploy, the devil's ploy, and I know they're saying Satan, and I know they're saying the devil isn't popular in today's church world, but I'm not here to gain popularity. I'm here to help shepherd your soul. And so the devil's main objective is to, if you have already received the invitation, and if you're in Christ, his sole purpose is for you to live outside of the perfect will of God. And if you haven't um, accepted Jesus, listen, this is, this is Satan's job. Satan's job is to keep the eyes of the lost blinded so that they cannot see truth. There's this whole ideology in our, our, our culture today is truth is relative. Truth is kind of like whatever you feel at the moment, like whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you happy. It's your, you'll hear these phrases, your own truth. What does that mean? Like, like, what's, like, I'm just living out my own truth. What does that mean? Like, can anybody enlighten me? What does that mean? Because the last time that I checked, truth is absolute. Truth is, it's either 100% or, 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 and false is zero percent. There's no shades of gray when it comes to truth. And I want to let you all in on something. We've got to make sure that we understand what truth is. Truth is not a construct. Truth is not an ideology. Truth is not a feeling. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. The only way to God is through Jesus. But the enemy wants us to think that it's relative. Truth is whatever you feel. All roads lead to God. All religions, really, they're all the same. It's just that, like, you chose this path, but it's going to lead you to God. And, you know, like, Muslims choose this path, and they're, they're going to, at the end of the day, they're going to lead to God. Hinduism, that's just a path, and, like, that path's going to lead you to God. Listen, that is a lie from the pit of hell, and that is a deceiver. That is the deceiver telling a whole generation, getting us to believe this idea of coexist. It sounds amazing. 
You see bumper stickers coexist, and it sounds amazing, and we, we want to be tolerant. We want to be able to relate to everybody, but the thing is this. Jesus did come to bring peace, but he also came to bring division because our truth would have to absolutely be focused on him if we're going to follow him. But if it's not, then the enemy's able to come in and deceive our hearts. And so today, we're going to look at Number one, like through this series, we're going to look at how we fight, but before we can talk about how we fight, we've got to know who we're fighting against. We've got to understand the enemy. Look, there, is, there isn't anybody that will walk into a ring unprepared. I'm going to know who I'm fighting before I fall. Like, I don't know about y'all. I grew up in Detroit, and, like, you have to really be wise, right? Like, 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 you know who don't like you. You better know who don't like you because at any given moment, somebody can try to put hands to you. And, and before you step on that playground or before you step to that bus stop or wherever it's about to go down, you need to understand the weapons that God has given you, but also you need to understand your enemy. I get a little hood sometimes. Y'all got to forgive me. But, but listen, so look, this is what I need everybody to understand. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. It, be strong in Jesus. Be strong in Christ. You will not be strong in and of your own selves. You will not win the war against the devil as long as you are fighting with your own strength. You've got to be strong in the Lord. So what does this really mean? So, okay, let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. This past week has been Shark Week on Discovery Channel. Any nerds in the building? Any, like, body that, like, kind of geeks out a little bit? We got a couple. It's a couple of us. The rest of y'all catch up, right? Like, anyway. So um, it's been Shark Week on Discovery Channel, right? Like, and, and the shark is the most revered animal, right? Like, like the movies have been made by, you know, dun, 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 Like, we all know that a shark is coming. You better get your butt out the water because you about to get, like, eaten, right? Like, we all know this. But check this out. A shark is only powerful while it's in its kingdom. The second that you remove a shark from its kingdom, it is no longer powerful, but it'll actually... Uh, uh, die prematurely when it's not in the place that it's supposed to be. I'm preaching real good right now. I don't know if y'all saw that or where I'm going. But listen, we're the same when it comes to our relationship with God and our battle with the enemy. As long as we are in Christ, we are the most powerful creature on the planet. You are, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But when we allow ourselves to be deceived and we go the way that Satan desires us to go, which he begins to bait us to being not only we've been placed inside the body of Christ, but when Satan baits us and he begins to tempt us. He desires us to live outside of the perfect will of God, even though we've been invited to live in him. And the second that we live outside of the will of God, we become vulnerable to an attack from the enemy. 
And God desires for us to live in him. So what, is it, what does it mean to live in God? What does it mean to live in Jesus? Coming to church consistently is how you stay in Christ. Listen, we got to get this whole ideology out of our minds that, that I don't need church to have a relationship with God. Okay, like, number one, where that at in the scripture? Okay, can I, can, I, can I meet your ignorance with some ignorance, right? Like, where that at in scripture? Like, where is that at in scripture? Like, show me where you don't need to be together with other believers. Because the last thing that I read in the scriptures is don't forsake the assembly of meeting with others um, you know, so that we can continue to encourage our faith. The, the early church met in the temple, but then they also met in number two, small group. You need to join a small group in order to make sure that you stay in Christ. Why? Because you need community. I'll say it to you this way. People say like, oh, it's just been me and my Jesus. Well, check this out though with you and your Jesus. This is what God does. When the lost sheep, when the lost sheep goes away, right, like we know that Jesus pursues after the lost sheep. He doesn't call off his, his search until he finds the sheep. And then when he does, he puts the sheep on his shoulders and then he takes the sheep back with the 99. Jesus doesn't shepherd individual sheep. He shepherds the whole flock. So at this church, Vive City Church, small group is more important than Sunday. Small group is more important than Sunday. Look, and Sunday is very important. I just told y'all, y'all need to come to church. But small group is so important. You come on Sunday to get a word from God, to get into the presence of God, to have some fellowship. But you actually do life with the people that you're in small group with. God desires for you to do life with the community of people that's headed in the same direction as you are. God wants you to be in community with people that'll be able to call you out on your mess. I'm going to go back to my notes because I don't think y'all like that too much. How else do we stay in Christ? We, we need to make sure that we have daily prayer. We make sure that we have daily Prayer, you need to have communion with God on a regular basis to stay in Christ. It is so important. It's so imperative. And look, listen to me, guys. Like, I want everybody to hear me when I say this. It is imperative in these last days. Look, people are minding their own business. People are just shopping. People are going out and enjoying themselves. And the enemy is meeting them in a place where they should be able to go. But we need to be able to have our ears in line with heaven so that heaven can tell us, don't go to this Walmart this week. I need you to go down here to this Walmart. But God, it's farther than my house though. You better be sensitive to where God is telling you to go because in this day and age, you better know that you are hearing the voice of God and you better not leave home without him. Amen? Like we've got to be in tune with God. And then what else do we need? We need to make sure that we have Bible reading habits. Like every single day, we need to be reading the Bible. 
Come on. Like, this is how we stay in Christ. Right? Like, Jesus was the Word made flesh. In the beginning was God, the Word, and the Spirit of God. But, but Jesus is the Word, and the Word was made flesh. Check this out. Jesus is the Word who was made flesh. We are flesh trying to become the Word. And in order for you to become the Word, you've got to study, meditate, the word of God. You have to have a, 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 a lifestyle of reading and meditating scripture. You've got to have a lifestyle of reading scripture. That's why we're all about taking notes here. That's why we put things up on the screen so that you guys can be able to take notes, whether you old school and you got a pen and a pad, and I love you if you do. That's my favorite way because you won't get notifications while you're trying to take your notes. I ain't stepping on no toes. I promise I'm not. Look, however you, whatever your style is, like whatever works for you, like do it. Make sure that you have the word of God on repeat in your lives. Then the last thing, we need to be doers of the word of God. Because I understand, like, look, I'm, I'm, I, I, I get it. I, I'm a part of this generation and we like to be able to get information, but we don't always like applying the information that we've received. You've got to be doer, a doer of the word of God. You've got to be a doer. And listen, guys, like, I mean, like, so the enemy wants you to be outside of the will of God. And, you know, like, I'm just going to say, like, you, 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 you know, you're only strong when you're in Christ. You're not going to be strong in the club. I'm going to come on this side because, like, look, you cannot be strong in a toxic relationship. You cannot be strong you know, like in isolation, you have to be strong in Christ. There is a lifestyle that God wants you to live. That, look, your beliefs should match your behaviors and your behavior should match your beliefs. God desires us to live according to his word and when we do, you are going to have peace, you are going to have life, and you're going to enjoy it more abundantly. Let's look at verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So look, we've, we've, I've got to kind of backtrack just a little bit so everybody can understand. Let's look at who Satan is. Satan is uh, Lucifer. Lucifer was an angelic being made of music, right? Like he was heaven's worship leader. And can we give it up for our worship team, by the way? Like they are crushing it, doing an amazing job. And you know, um, Lucifer did an amazing job too until uh, pride rose up in his heart. And, and, and pride said, hey, um, I, don't, I no longer want to lead people into worshiping God. I want to lead people into worshiping me. And the moment that that happened, because God is all powerful and Satan wants to be powerful, but, but he's not God. Um, when the creation tries to be the creator, we end up getting in trouble. And we've all been in instances like this before in our lives as well, too, where we want to actually be in control of our lives when God should be in control of our lives. Here's what God did. God said, hey, um, there's no way, like, at all. And, like, he legit, like, just kind of flicked him, and he, he, like, fell out of heaven. 
And Jesus says, I beheld beheld Satan fall like lightning. Now, you want to know what killed the dinosaurs, in my opinion. So serious. So serious. Like, I believe science and God, um, they, they, they do, like, go together. I do. I really do. Because if you get anything to fall from heaven, come on, like, you're going to mess some stuff up, right? Anyway, um, so, so, look, this is who we're dealing with. And so, so when, when Satan, when Satan uh, uh, fell from, from heaven, when he was forced out of heaven from God, he was made into the form of a serpent. And so now we've got creation and God is creating everything and everything is, is good and God creates Adam and God created Eve, right? And the, the, the serpent, the deceiver comes to Eve and begins to beguile her. He's crafty. He's subtle. What he says sounds good, but it ain't good for you. Come on, ladies. He look good. His line's good. His job good. He smell good. Don't mean he good. Don't mean he good. I'm going to get off y'all. Time. I'm not, I didn't even, it's not even in my notes. I don't know why I'm over here. Um, but check it out. Check it out. So, so as soon as he begins to deceive Eve, and this is a whole nother man topic, how you let somebody roll up on your wife, and you know, I'm not even going, I'm, I can't even right now. This is not the Sunday. This is not the Sunday for it. This is not the Sunday for it. Um, but anyway, so he deceives them, and they eat of a fruit that God forbade them to eat. And this is, this is our, the story of our lives too, though, isn't it? Like we see something that we like and we want it, but it isn't what God wants for us. And, and they get tricked and they get duped. And so, but here's the deal. When, when God made Adam and when God made Eve, before they fell into sin, God created them to have dominion. That means authority. That means power. So look, here's the deal. God isn't running everything in the earth. He expects his children to run things on the earth. So when people say, why did God let that happen? Well, the deal is this. God gave us all the power and influence that we need on this planet to do his will. But when we're not in Christ and we're outside of the will of God, things happen in the earth. And so he created Adam and Eve to have dominion, to have rule, to have stewardship. That means the way that God would run it in heaven is how Adam and Eve should have ran it on earth. But then they stepped outside of being in Christ and they followed after the the lust of the eyes, the the lust, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And then what happens? Sin entered into them and death came along with it. So we wonder Why is it so much tragedy happening in the earth? Well, here's the deal. When Adam and Eve blew it, they forfeited their power over to Satan, and he became God, small case G, of the earth. Satan is the God of the world. He is the God of this earth. Like, so you wonder why it's so much evil. Listen, the word power can be translated to influence. So here's the deal. Those who have said yes to Jesus, remember I told you we've all been invited in him, right? We've all been invited in. And when we've accepted Jesus 
as Lord of our lives, the power or the influence that Satan has over our lives has been broken. But here's the deal. Jesus loves everybody. But there is still people on this planet that have not accepted the invitation to come in. And because they haven't come in, Satan has influence over them. This is why Satan is able to suggest certain things to people and get somebody to lose their mind, literally, and run into a Walmart and commit atrocities because they are under the influence of the God of this world. Be not deceived. There is a whole world that we don't see that exists. This world has existed before this world that we see does. Think about this. Everything in heaven is a spirit. It's all spiritual. Heaven is, everything that exists in heaven is a spirit. They don't have flesh. The only thing that keeps us here in the earth is our flesh. But check this out though. If Satan got kicked from heaven and he came down here, he is a spirit being. So you have a spirit being who has seen spiritual things, who understands spiritual rankings. And so when he got kicked out of heaven, he was able to deceive other angels. And when he deceived the other angels, they got kicked out of heaven too. And they've all came and they are fallen spirits. They are spirits. So what are they able to do? They're able to influence the spiritual things. And when they influence spiritual things, they influence and they affect natural things. This is why we feel depression. This is why we feel anxiety. Look, don't get me wrong. I do not discredit, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 psychology and, and, and what people deal with mentally, but I understand the spirit behind it. When we first moved here, um, this time last year, we first moved here, my wife and I were at a grocery store. I think we were in, I think, I want to say we're in Mansfield. We're in Mansfield. And the grocery, I think it was a, a Kroger, I think it was Kroger we were at. And um, wherever we were, no joke, we, we literally like was within seconds, seconds. We came walking out of the store, we got my baby girl with me. Um, and my wife, and we're coming out of the store, and we noticed, we looked to the right, there was like a huge commotion. There was a car literally going like 60 miles an hour down the lane, um, down the, the lane, like, you know, you got like the parking spots, you got the store, and you got the little like lane that has the crosswalk. He's going 60 miles an hour. And people are like dodging, trying to get out of the way. It was crazy. And then there's like a service drive that was right outside of it. And then from the service drive was a little, kind of like, like a little baby fence. And then it was the freeway. And then it's a wall. This man continued to accelerate down this lane, went into the service road, crashed through the gate and head-on crashed right into the wall. 
everybody's like in disbelief, like this is like a movie, right? Like, like nobody is understanding what's happening. The guy jumps out of his car and runs down the freeway. Listen, the freeway is wide open, by the way. By the grace of God, he did not hit a car. He is beginning to race down the freeway, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, I want to die. I want to die. How do you get here? I'll tell you how you get here. You get here because the enemy came to steal, he came to kill, and he came to destroy. And he suggests thoughts. Where do you think it will come from for, you, for somebody to get thoughts in their head that'll be able to say, hey, um, life will be so much easier if you weren't alive. Hey, um, would anybody notice if you weren't alive? Like, I bet you if you were to die, nobody would even care. Like, like, what, like, you're in so much pain, like, you should just take all of those pain pills right now and just be done with it. Just be done. Nobody cares anyway. Where do you think this voice comes from? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the father of lies, Satan. Satan. And God is, 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 is pleading with us to be spiritually aware and awaken to things of the unseen. It is a whole eternal world out there that we have to be mindful of. And this, this, this passage is not meant to spook out the church, but it is meant to wake up the church because it's a lot of attacks happening right now and we're blind to it. And so we've got to understand that Satan is the God of this world and he has influence. But for those of us who are in Christ, here's what you need to know. The power of Satan can never be over us, but it is against us. The power of Satan can never be over us. That means that he can't control us. Satan cannot control you. You cannot be possessed. Listen, if, if the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you, there is only one Spirit that can reside on the inside of you, and that is the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit dwells on the inside of us, and you cannot be possessed, but there is a, there is a spiritual power that the enemy has that is against the church. The last thing, the last time that I checked, the word of God says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, church. And every voice that rises in, con in condemnation um, shall be condemned, the word of God says. So the word of God is, is giving us all that we need. We have all the ammo that we need to be able to engage war against the enemy but we've got to understand who we're fighting against. So listen, the, the, scripture says, the scripture says stand against, right? Like, like to put on the whole armor of God to stand against the schemes of the enemy. So here's what I want to do, church. I want to break down what stand against means. So I want you guys, look, take notes, guys. Like my first note, take notes. Like really, like take notes, so that you can have it. So stand against actually means to cause a person to keep his or her place. It means, 
It means to, to cause a person to keep his or her place. God has given us all that we need, all the power that we need, all the spiritual armor that we need to make sure that we keep our place in Christ. The enemy wants to deceive you. He wants you to give up on life. He wants, you to, make, he wants to make sure that you don't live out the God-ordained life that God has predestined you to live out. And the way that he does that, he tries to apply pressure. He lies to us. He tries to deceive us. He's cunning. He's crafty. And he tries to get us to believe that our faith isn't real. Why? So that we can be displaced. That we will be like, he knows that we're like a shark while we're in the water, but he also knows that we will be a powerless shark if he can get us outside of the water. And so he wants to knock us off course, but God has given us all the power that we need to remain in place. So let's look at this. It also means to uphold or sustain the force of anything. Are y'all hearing this, church? It, it means to uphold or sustain the force of anything. Has anybody ever seen a boxing match? I mean, I think about Muhammad Ali all the time, right? Like, I, obviously, I'm not old enough to have had the pleasure of looking at Muhammad Ali live, but I've looked at classic sports on ESPN. I've seen so many different fights of Muhammad Ali especially like when he fought guys like George Foreman. How in the world are you still standing, right? Like George Foreman was the epitome of a heavyweight fighter. I mean, like he dealt out crushing blows, right? Like that could kill any ordinary man. But Muhammad Ali wasn't ordinary, was he? He would stand on the ropes. They called the rope a dope and he'd be on the ropes and he'd be swinging at him with all he had, wearing George out. But a lot of times, that's how the fight looks between Satan and the body of Christ. Because God gives us all the power that we need to withstand the force of the enemy. And so, like, I would love Muhammad Ali because he began to talk to George. He began to talk to, to Sonny Liston, to all of these guys, and he'd be, able to, he'd, be, he'd be telling them, hey, uh, is that all you got? Like, can you imagine, like, I don't know if y'all been in a fist fight before, but, like, when you, like, swing at a guy with all you got, like, I mean, like, you, you like, drawing all the way back, like, putting all your weight into it, and, like, you land, like, you, you hit him right in his jaw. You're like, I know you're going to drop and like, he's like, that's all you got? It's like, hey, man, I was just playing, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, like, but that's how our fight with the enemy looks. He may, he may, weapons may form against us. He may try to attack. He may try to give us a false doctor's report. He may try to come up with us with unexpected bills. And he may be coming up with you with pressure. And it may look like things are falling apart on your job and in your family. But you need to stand up like a heavyweight fighter. And you need to tell him and confess out of your mouth, is that all you got? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because God has given us all that we need to stand. Come on, church. He's given us all that we need to stand. 
Let me keep going because I'm, I'm running out of time here. So it also says, um, so, so look, I want y'all to know, I want you to know your enemy. Let's look at that word schemes. That word schemes is the Greek word methodia. And it's where we get our English word method from. We have to know the method of the enemy. We have to know the method of our enemies. And so here's, here's what it is. The, this, this, this word method or, or the word scheme, it actually means that Satan lies in wait. I really want to spend a little bit of time here. He lies in wait. What, what does that mean? So let's say that you've, let's say that God is, has freed you from alcoholism, right? And I, man, and I know how strong um, the, the, the addiction is of, of alcohol and other substances and things of that sort. Here's what the enemy does. The enemy will lie in wait. He will create pressure. He will create stress. He will create affliction in your life. Why? Not just for the sake of like, you know, like causing you to be stressed out. He's got an end game. And he lies in wait to see if he can tempt you with the drink at the right time to get you to slip back into the scheme that he's wanted you to slip back into. He lies in wait. What else does he do? Here's what he does, married couples. Guys, he'll wait. He'll wait until you get into the argument with your wife and y'all go to, this is why the word of God tells you not to go to sleep on your wrath, because when you do, the enemy plays in your mind, guys, all night long. This is when the enemy sends the woman the next day at your job to flirt with you. Why? He's lying in wait to see if you'll commit adultery and kill your whole legacy that God had lined up for you. He lies in wait. Come on, he lies in wait. Come on, ladies. Like, like you've been waiting on Mr. Right, but he's trying to send you Mr. Right now. And he gonna, he gonna send a brother with like shoulders and like, like pecs and like biceps and his back big and he got a big account, right? Like he gonna send you the right guy, but he's not the man of God that God intended you to be with. He wants you to settle for Mr. Right now so that you can miss out on God sending you Mr. Right. He lies in wait. Like the enemy lies in wait for the perfect opportunity. He tries to, to, to create the perfect storm in your life. And that's when he tempts you. He lies in wait. That's what he does. He lies in wait. What else does it mean? It means that he deceives. He deceives. Look, I, I want to I share this with y'all, and I want everybody to get this down. Like, like, please take this note. The only way the devil can gain power in your life is if you believe his lie. The only way the devil can gain power in your life is if you believe his lie. 
Come on, He'll, the, the devil wants you to believe that you're not good enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not thin enough, that you're not strong enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not educated enough, that you're not experienced enough. The enemy wants you to think that you are not enough, but you need to, out of your mouth, challenge the thought of the enemy and tell him, yeah, but my God is more than enough. He is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Get thee behind me, Satan. Like, we need to deal with the enemy. Like, we need to wage war with the enemy. The enemy wants to deceive you. Come on, like, like he, he, he did the same thing with Eve. Did God really say that if you ate of this fruit, you would surely die? Did he really say? Like, like did God really say? Come on, church. Um, um, does God really want you to abstain from sex until marriage? Come on, it's 2019. Did God really say? Come on, did, did God did God did God really really say? Did did, did he did he say that 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 you had a purpose and a plan? Like it sure doesn't look like it. Like you you've been at the same like dead end job like forever. Like it, did did God really say? Like what is he doing? He's trying to deceive you so that you can believe the lie that he's trying to create about your life. If you believe his lie, you'll limit yourself to the life that he wants you to live. That was good. Um, Y'all might want to text a friend, tell him to be here next week. Um, And then here's what he does. Here's what he does. He follows up and investigates. Come on, he follows up and he investigates. What does this mean? Well, married couples, I'll share this with you again. He follows up to make sure that you're still good with your wedding vows. Come on. He's going to follow up. He's going to follow up. I know you said for better or worse, and your wife being the worst right now, are you still, you still going to honor them vows? You, you, st- you still going to honor them vows? We going to see. And that's when he sends you to DM. He influences the girl that has no self-esteem and no value, no worth, but she's trying to get her come up by coming on to you. And this is when he sends her to see if he's going to follow up to see if you're still good with your vows. Come on, ladies. We made a, a covenant, a commitment with God to abstain from sex until, until, I get, until he put a ring on it, right? Like, 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 I know my value. I know my worth. He's like, okay, we're going to see. He's going to send some bro at the gym, right? Like, like, like bro at the gym with the... Uh, and can I vent a little bit? Like, like, what's up with all the guys with the quiet shorts? Like, like, I'm like, look, I knew, I know I grew up in the Allen Iverson um, um, era with like the big shorts, but what is going on with the guys with the shorts like right here? Like, how, how is that ever manly? Like, what are we doing? What are, we, are we really, like, is this really, look, if y'all ever see me in those, Y'all got my permission. Smack me hard. And just be like, you know why. I'm be like, you're right. You're right. But he's going to send the guy that looks the part, but he's so far away from the will of God for your life. Just to follow up to see if you're still honoring God. 
Come on, guys. If we've been free from substances that God never wanted a part of our lives and he has healed us and he has taken the taste out of our mouths, the enemy wants to create the str- a stressful situation in your life to get you to forfeit your freedom. Come on. He's going to follow up. And the word of God actually says that, that when a, a, a demon is cast out of a person, the demon actually, like for a while, will wander around, where else can I go? And when the demon cannot find another place to go, he tries to get back in the house that he was kicked out of. And if the house is swept clean and not filled with the Spirit of God, Spirit is not only coming back, but he's bringing seven other of his friends. We got to know how to fight. We got to know how to fight, church. Look, I'm running out of time. Um, Look, I want to I wanna leave everybody with this. John 10.10. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I love this next part. Jesus says, but uh, that's all good, though, because I came. I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. I came to give you an enjoyable life. And I want you to, I want to fill your life with joy. Come on, I want to fill your marriage with life. I want to fill your your relationships with life. I want to fill your job with life. I want to fill your purpose with life. I want the relationship you have with your kids to be full of life. I want to bring life to you. The only way that we experience that is to live in Christ. So we all have an invitation today. Maybe you've accepted it already. Maybe you need to. Maybe today this is the first time that you're just, you're like, wow, like I think, I think I'm, I'm sensing God for the first time. We're going to be able to pray a prayer and lead you into a prayer so that you can be in Christ. For some of us, you've been in Christ, but you've been living outside of his will. And God is calling you back home because the, the thing is this, like as long as you're outside of his will, you can't experience his power. And you need God's power to overcome the enemy.